Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The road to Roland Garros is paved in European clay. Six more weeks of action before we reach the Terre Battue of Paris. It was a wild Wednesday with Nadal playing from behind in Barcelona, Djokovic waiting out the rain in Belgrade, and Fonini finding a way to get disqualified. 2020 Roland Garros runner-up Sofia Kennan made her season debut on red clay. Will she peak in June and lift the other trophy this time? So what's trending and who's posting? Uh, finally. Are we in? <laughs> We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. No need to stress. We got you covered on TC Live right now. The road to Roland Garros paved in European dirt. Whose dreams would crumble like the crushed red brick? And who would slide into the next round as we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live, our 30-minute post-game show to get you caught up on everything in the world of tennis. We got highlights from the world's top players. Plus, Dominic Team opens up about his recent struggles and more trivia with Paul and Jimmy. Who's going to take it today? Welcome into our studios here in Santa Monica. Jimmy Arias, Paul Anacone. I'm Steve Weissman. We had the world number one men's and women's in action today. And, Paul, how about Petra Kvitova, defending champion Stuttgart, able to eke it out against Maria Sakkari? That was an amazing match. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was kind of wrestling with the momentum, both players. And at the end of the second set, I thought Kvitova was going to come back when she got the break. But... Sakari really stood strong. Third set, Kvitova just a little bit better on the big points, but a lot of power tennis and great athleticism. Some touch, too. I saw yeah, quite a, a few drop shots. shots. Yep. Yeah. That draw is so exciting. Every match is two fantastic players going head-to-head. The next one for Kvitova is going to be tough as well. She'll take on either Kerber, potentially, who is a former champion there, or Svitolina, another top player. doesn't get any any easier to win one of Jimmy Arias' Porsches over there. (laughs) It's not easy in Barcelona either because we've got an 11-time champion, Rafa Nadal, three years ago, won the most recent of his 11 titles, one of nine times. He has done it without dropping a set, spoiled the first ATP final of Stefano Tsitsipas in that championship matchup. Rafa Nadal playing on the court. That bears his name, Jimmy, a qualifier. Ilya Ivashka on the other side. Rafa 38-0 against qualifiers on clay. But Ivashka, Illmatic in that first set. Nadal played poorly last week in Monte Carlo. Came to Barcelona, said he's fixed the problems. The problems were serve and backhand. Well, in the first set, he hadn't fixed the problems yet. He looked very uptight playing on his namesake court. He was... Missing first serves under 50% of the set. He was missing backhands, unforced errors on the backhand, and he got broken twice to lose that first set. So you take a look at this. Uh, losing a first set against a qualifier on clay, it has only, Jimmy, been done five times. So what would happen? Would he be able to bounce back like he did the other four? Uh, yeah, I mean, you did like his chances, especially because Ivanchka got off to a poor start in the second set. He dropped serve and sort of... 
Nadal didn't earn that break of serve. And from that point on, Nadal started to gain confidence. That was the first shot he hit that I thought, that looks like Nadal. A defensive backhand where he came up with a good shot. Now his touch all of a sudden looked a little bit better early in the match. His drop shots were hitting the service line. That was more Rafa-like. Give Avashka a little credit because he actually hung in there in the third set. Nadal looked a lot like Nadal in that third set, and it was still just 6-4. He got through it, I think, in a lot of ways. This match is going to help Nadal. He started out badly. He started out nervously. He was able to come through in the pressure moments towards the end of the match. I think that's going to help him as the tournament and as Roland Garros nears. Able to work his way into a tournament. We've seen it before, Paul. But Ilya Avashka is not Andre Rublev. You lose to Andre Rublev, okay. You're losing to the guy that's won more matches than anyone else in the past year. Ilya Avashka taking a set, I mean, does that worry you at all? Not really, but Jimmy used a very interesting word, uptight with Nadal. You know, he's, he's wrapped very tight. He's type A personality. You see all the OCD stuff, and there's a lot going on. But rarely do we see him doubtful and frustrated and looking a little negative. And we saw some of that in the first set. And I think that those faces just like that, you don't see too often. A little bit distracted, a little bit unsure. And, Jimmy, you and I talked about it. I said... He's almost too nice sometimes. He doesn't realize how great he is because with his margin on his shots and his footwork, very rarely should doubt creep into his game. And we've seen it a little bit these last two weeks. But do I have any worries? No. <laughs> well, he talks about doubt all the time. It literally creeps into no, it drives his himself. mind yeah, before every single match. Says, Jimmy, that he is close to playing very well right now, despite what we may have seen on the court. He is close to playing very well, and I forgot Paul and I talked earlier this morning when that match was going on, and I ran out, and I said, I've never seen Nadal act negative like this. And mm. it was subtle. It was little things like... Yeah, just those just little expressions. his arms right? up a couple see, yeah. of times. One time he, after he missed about his fifth first serve in a row, he looked at his box as if to say, what the <laughs> heck is going on? Um, and he is a guy that always has had doubt, but I think once the match starts being played... He loses that doubt. It's just before the match that he has that doubt most of the time. He's kept this doubt a little longer. for a whole set. Mm. No, that, that's a good point there. Into the round of 16 for the 16th straight time in Barcelona. No doubts the next match is going to be tough against Kane Ishikori. Meantime, the world number one, Novak Djokovic, coming off an early loss like Rafa in Monte Carlo, starts the quest for a third title in Belgrade. Against Kwon Soon Woo, Paul. Yeah, and, and Novak, look, this was a lot closer than the score says, okay? It's a one-in-three match. But Novak did a really good job. Whenever he serves 70%, wins 81% of first serves and 58 of seconds, it is so tough to beat him, not because of those numbers, but because he can play so aggressive on the return game. He broke five times, was moving extremely well. We saw some great volleys. We saw a little bit of variety, some slices. And, oh, what a shock. Great wheels to get that ball and just dink it for a winner. Really creative stuff, and he's so difficult to hit through. Look at the different ways he covers the court. It is really, really challenging if you cannot hit the ball with width and you cannot bring him forward. If you can't do that, it's a long day at the office, and it sure was today. Novak Djokovic said other than one game, he thought it was pretty flawless out there. Great start for Djokovic. 317 weeks at number one. Last time he played in Belgrade, hadn't reached number one in the world yet. Here's the number one ranked American. Sophia Kennan hasn't been past the third round in her past five events, Jimmy. Six of seven losses to players outside the top 20. Guess what? 
Annette Contevate is outside the top 20. Outside, but barely outside the top 20 and probably in the top 20 at this event because she's been a finalist here and a semifinal. She plays well 15, at this venue and Tenon not confident, obviously, since the appendix surgery. She hasn't played particularly well. And this match sort of went back and forth. The first set, no breaks a serve until Kennan served at 5-6. Tried this strategy a few times, a drop shot towards the end of the set. It didn't work for Kennan. And just a flurry of unforced errors at the wrong times. And a straight set win for Contevate. Kennan still searching for that form that she showed a year ago. As you mentioned, Contevate, quarterfinals, then semifinals, then finals last year here. Can she get one step further? Ash Barty, world number one on European clay for the first time since the Roland Garros title call. That was a couple years ago. We called this one barely lost points in the first set. She's so much fun to watch. I love watching her on clay because she moves so well, slides well, uses variety to slice. She was up 7-0 before Sigmund started playing some really nice tennis in the second set, offensive trying to take the racket out of Barty's hand. But Ash did a good job for a couple little hiccups. She regained her composure, got this error to seal the match, and I think a real solid effort from Ash Barty. 24 of 24 on first serves in this match for Ash Barty. Six aces as well. I asked Paul during the match, Jimmy, how long is the longest you were ever away from home when you were playing on tour? That's hard to, I mean, three months, Three probably? months. Yes, about Because Ash months. Barty, gone for basically ten months. I mean, she's not going back to Australia until the end of the year. That's a so long year. So tough for them because of all the quarantine regulations. I mean, even without the quarantine, Australians always they do had that it oftentimes, difficult. Yeah. They've always had to sort of find another place to base. Um, obviously, it's worse now for her, but she's doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah I mean, she, she seems okay, right? She, yeah. she is managing it well. I, I don't know many that could. But taking a look at our lineup on Thursday here on Center Court. Remember, a lot of this action on TC Plus, all of it, in fact, by tcplus.com. Paul, which one stands out to you? Well, I know which one Jimmy wants to take, so I'm going to take Alina Spitalina and Kerber. Very interested to see Spitalina play Kerber. Two counterpunchers, so I'm wondering who's going to get on offense there. Kerber in her home country, hoping that she can bring home the Jimmy Arias Porsche and have a title this week. I actually don't want to pick one of these because they're amazing matches. Right? You like seeing two Canadians, young Canadians facing each other. That's going to be interesting. Nadal Nishikori, that's going to be interesting. There's a lot of nice things going on tomorrow. Tennis, Tennis Channel, Channel Plus, everybody, right? He set us up for that that's one. That's right. Yeah. Bondrasova has never lost to Simona Halep either. So, wow, we'll, we'll see what, right? That's, that's, a, that's a surprising one. Now that you said that, I want to mention that one. <laughs> you know it's going to be surprising. <laughs> Who's going to win between Jimmy and Paul? Tennis trivia. That's coming up later on TC Live Plus. Dominic team has only played four events this year. So what is going on? With the Grand Slam champion, we'll find out next. Steve, Paul, Jimmy, back on TC Live. Dominic Team reached the highest of highs last year, winning his first major title at the U.S. Open. First player to lift his maiden slam in six years and first in the Open era to rally from two sets down in a U.S. Open final. Since then, he has struggled on court and had this to say recently in an Austrian newspaper. Quote, for 15 years, I chased the big goal. Didn't look left or right. I achieved it under unusual circumstances, but that's not that important to me. 
In a way, some things fell by the wayside. There was only tennis. I want to change that a little. Has only played four events, missed Monte Carlo and Belgrade with some knee issues. So Dominic team, obviously he struggled on the court, but uh, mental health is a big deal, Jimmy. And, and he has certainly struggled off the court as well. Novak Djokovic saying that he is struggling. Mats Wielander said he's showing signs of depression. How worried are you about Dominic team? I mean, obviously, he has been almost robotic with the way he's gone about playing. He's played more matches every year than anybody. He's made his goal. And there's a part of me that thinks he made a goal and he realizes this is what my whole life was focused on. This is it. And I don't know that that's the case, but I can sense that in him a little bit. And he's trying to find a little bit of balance. It's not easy to find because you're identified as a professional tennis player when you're a professional tennis player. That's what you think of yourself. And now he's realizing there's something beyond that, and he's struggling with it. Having said that, I, you know, he's still an amazing player, and I think he needs to get back into the tennis for a little while. It's been tough, Paul, with COVID as well, because you know the restrictions are there, and he is somebody that enjoys the, the freedom of movement, the travel, and he says without that, he, he's missing it. Uh, you know, all the bad things are there. The good things are gone. Yeah, look, it's a really complex world we're living in with a lot of different things going on. And for, for Dominic Team, I think a lot of it is the, the COVID stuff and also what he talked about, the 15 years of focus. The one other thing that resonates with me a little, little differently is that I remember talking to Pete Sampras and Pete telling me that when he won the U.S. Open for the first time, something he had been chasing his whole life, he won it and it kind of took him a couple years to settle in, to go okay, this is what I'm doing. Because after he won, he went through a whole process of why do I play, what do I want to do, this is what I've dreamed of. And it took him a while to get comfortable. So I wonder if that's part of the equation for team right now as well. Yeah, that's what I was sort of, you said it much better than I did, but that's sort of what I was thinking in in a sense of he's made his goal, his whole life's goal. And then it's it's not quite what you think. It's never as good as you actually think it is. As far as I know, I never actually made one. <laughs> no, I mean, they say that, you know, it's a lot easier getting to the top than staying at the top. And so once you have reached that, that ultimate, you know, winning a Grand Slam title, which he did in unusual circumstances. This was not a normal U.S. Open either. Yeah, and I think your career, your evaluation of your career and why you play changes every time you get to a different level. And when you get to that penultimate level where he is, now it's like, now what? And, and, And Roger and Pete both taught me a lot about listening to them about the difference between getting there and staying there. And I think that once you get there, there's another evaluation of, Okay, is it where do I go from here? What what do I do and what gives me the joy of doing it? Is it the pursuit or is it the accomplishment? And those are the things that Dominic team has to realize. I think everyone does it for a different reason. You know, Pete was all about excellence, accumulating all the trophies and major titles. Roger lives the life and loves the life. You know, team's got to figure out what is it for him. What is it for him? What's going to keep driving him? And you have to find that joy, and that joy is different in everyone. But he's a smart kid. He's very young. He's got to get healthy and give himself a little bit of time to sort it out because it's only normal. Roger actually seemed to be the only guy I've ever known that actually loves the life yeah, just as much as he does because it is a bit of a grind, the tour. And as you go on year after year, it's difficult. Roger's never seemed to have a problem with it. <laughs> and found the balance. This is something you point out all the time, Paul, is that once he leaves that court, it's gone. From his mind. That, that's a 
tough thing to do. Right, but that's where your point comes in, the COVID part and what team has been dealing with for the last 16 months with COVID and the difficulties of that combined with the pressure he's put on himself. So he hasn't even able to been able to process this in a real world right now because mm -hmm. it's a real world, but it's a real different world, and that makes it even more complex for him. Well, we certainly wish the best for Dominic Team. His clay schedule will include Madrid, Rome, and Roland Garros. Says his goal is still Roland Garros and then the Olympics, so we shall see. Much more still to come here on TC Live. Fabio Fonini doing Fabio Fonini things. You don't want to miss this. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Anacone, Arias Weissman back on TC Live in Barcelona. First meeting between friends Francis Tiafo and Diego Schwartzman. It was all foe taking that first set, raced out to a lead in the second. Paul, then what happened? Yeah, I'll tell you what, we love the cliche of narrow margins, and here they are. Francis serving for the match. He was comfortable being in the lead. And after that, Diego Schwartzman became Diego Schwartzman. That was the break for the first set. This guy is incredible. Every second serve look he gets, he makes you grind. Every point is a workload that is so difficult to win. And Tiafo just dropped just a touch. It wasn't even a lot, Jimmy. But I'll tell you what, before you knew it, it was 3-6, 7-5, 5-1. And Tiapo lost nine of the last ten games, but 90% of that was about Schwartzman. The 10% was a little pickup in the emotional part for Francis, but not a huge finger of blame to be pointed at him. Elsewhere, Fabio Fonini playing a Spanish qualifier, Jimmy. Got bageled in the first set, then bit off more than he could chew in the second. Yeah, difficult day for Fabio today as he came out. The first set didn't look that interested. Started to get interested in the second set. Was up a break 4-3. Got called for a footfall there on the first serve. After an extended rally on break point on the second serve point, he loses the point, says something to that linesman that called the footfall because obviously that 30-shot rally was his fault that he lost. That linesman then turned Fonini in. Supervisor came out. Fonini says, I didn't say a word. Supervisor said, yes, you did get out of here. He does give a hug to his opponent who gets a, gets a nice win for him and continues chirping as he leaves. Fonini in the end, he yeah. faulted for a foot fault, sort of. Yeah, that's but Thomas Karlberg, the, the tour supervisor, makes the decision at the end after he gets all the information. I, I've never seen that where someone, I know there's not a microphone there that's kind of muttering under their breath that's gotten defaulted for that mid-match. So that, that's a real tough one. But Fabio, we know, is Fabio. He, he's very volatile, and that can happen. You don't want to see it end like that. But uh, Bizarre circumstance. Yeah, and he does walk away the entire time yelling at the linesman saying, I didn't say anything. Nada, nada. Oh, that's what he was saying. He's saying to the, as he's leaving, that's the only thing I could hear. The rest of the time, you couldn't hear it. We needed a mic for that one, and it would have been interesting. Officially defaulted on sportsmanlike conduct, verbal abuse of a lines person, but did say after, I paid for something I did not do. 
So according to Fabio Fonini, this didn't happen. Very strange, actually, no. because wouldn't, would you not get a warning for verbal abuse? Yeah. I, I've verbally abused many umpires. <laughs> and I, don't, I, I don't have a, a, any memory of just immediately getting defaulted. Yeah, many umpires. Well, at least a few. You should, you should see him on the commercial break. He's <laughs> rough. All right, time for social media and the social net here on TC Live. How about this? It's brewing for Rafa Nadal. He's got a beer deal with Amstel, Paul. you got to like that. Anyone that has a beer deal is <laughs> A-OK with me. I love that Rafa's doing that. And uh, nice brand tie in there. But good for Rafa. Nice and relaxed look. And why not have a nice uh, cold cerveza at is, the end of the day? Is Rafa someone that's drinking cervezas? You sure, often. why not? Okay. <laughs> when not he's on, out on the not yacht, on the changeover. Right? Not on the changeover, yeah. I guess. But why not? Good for the brand. All right, moving on. Uh, We've got another tennis at home. Take a look at this drill. This is in Germany. We're going forehand to backhand. Wow. With the ball machine. Actually, patio. That's pretty good, huh? I like this drill even for when you're warming up. Forget about in your backyard. I'm hitting it in the lawn. Mm -hmm. I like when you're warming up because it makes you move. I'm tired of seeing the kids at IMG Academy warm up for 15 minutes just standing there and barely moving a muscle. You you should be out there yelling at them. I know I should. After seeing this, they're about to hear something from me. Because I, I do like this gets you moving right away. You're, you're creating your space. Exactly. You're creating space Get and your feet around. going. It's not that complicated. Exactly. I love this. This is what we do for the women's team at LMU. This Forehand one side, then back in. Forehand back in. Easy. Feet, feet got to move. Although picking up these balls, that's a whole nother well, thing, Well, that's right? neighbors, Joe. <laughs> you got to have well, That's why you hit it in the neighbor's yard. You just got to have a couple dogs like I do. The dogs will go pick them Kobe up. Kobe and Nash. Yeah, yeah pick yeah, them up, them guys. take care of it. <laughs> Tomorrow's action from Barcelona, Stuttgart, Istanbul, and Belgrade begins bright and early on Tennis Channel and TC+. We'll be right back. It's trivia time on TC Live. All right, Paul, Jimmy, who's got the best combined record against Andre Agassi, Michael Chang, Jim Courier, and Pete Sampras? Is it Jimmy or is it Paul? Jimmy, what do you think? My record's really bad, so if my record is better than Paul's, that's not saying much for well, Paul, I, I, I gotta like, say. I, I, what do you, Jimmy, you going Paul? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Jimmy, because I don't think Paul, I don't, <laughs> think, Paul, I don't think Paul played them much. Well, all I can tell you is I believe yeah. I'm undefeated against the last three. Oh, and what, that's how many I want to go Paul. Now you can't change your mind. Of course, now. Andre has beat me 400 times. Also and I false. Played, I played Pete, Jim, and Michael Chang when they were six. Jimmy, so. you should have trusted your gut. Yes. yes. I should have trusted Look at your... that face. Did I really make that face? I just Look got at Jimmy's face. Jimmy Look at Jimmy's face. I just got hit somewhere where you shouldn't get hit, obviously. <laughs> and that's what happens. Someone just punched me in the side of the face, <laughs> and I would pay a lot of money for the follicles <laughs> that I no longer have. Three and four. So I should have known. I'm annoyed at myself because I knew how know? I knew how badly I had done, but I just didn't think you'd play Thanks. them that often. Thanks for the confidence in your, no, I didn't in your buddy you've known for right? 40 years. I played them when they were like 12. They turned pro when they were 12 on tour, and that's, that's the, that's well the key. I was 12, <laughs> yes. They were 12 years old, and I was in my prime, and then I had a chance. So one against Pete, who, who, who were the other I ones? think I beat Jim. I think I only played him once. Okay, one and zero against Courier. And I think I beat Michael once. I don't think I lost to Michael either. And I think, literally, I think I'm 
Andre. Yeah, but 0 and 4, because you were 3 and 4 only. So you must have been 0 and 4 against, against Andre, Andre and, yeah. and 3 and 0 against yeah. the others. I'm hearing you were 1 and no, 3 against Andre. No, I don't think I beat Andre. Against Andre. No. no. Okay. That was me. I was 1 and 3 with Andre. Okay. That was one of your two. And then what? What's the, the other, other one was Courier. Oh, here we go. Here, there we All go. right. So you got okay. 1 against Andre, 1 against Courier. So I only got, I only only got 1 oh, more oh, than you. 0 and 3 against Dre. Andre won. No, but he had one loss. Oh, to I did lose he to Michael. He didn't somewhere. remember losing to yeah. Michael. I don't know where that was. You can was. apologize to Michael. But Who punched Michael? you in the face? Both I of you guys. Exactly. What I is got, going on? I got punched more in the solar plexus <laughs> area. <laughs> <laughs> it made my hair blow up. Wait well. a second. We're forgetting the most important thing. What's that? I won today. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't right. forget. Trust me. Okay, thank you. Well, no, so now you're head. even. You both have two wins. Oh, we 2-2? Two, two? Yeah, because Jimmy right. won yesterday. Two to one and a half. I've got to bring my A game. <laughs> I'm bringing my A game tomorrow, and everyone's got to. Look, how, look at the day we have tomorrow. Starts early. You're going to be here? I'll be here. All right. Jimmy, who wins between Felix and Dennis? Ah, Dennis, I think. I'm leaning Dennis tomorrow, but it's going to be fun, and we'll be here with coffee and donuts. You, you owe me donuts Duncan, from two I days know ago. I belated birthday donut, yeah. I forgot. It's so belated right now. Yeah. It's going to be like June by the time I get them. <laughs> Thanks for watching the show. <laughs>